In the book of Matthew, I'm going back to Matthew, and I'm going back to something I've kind of been on before, some of it. And uh, I have a lot of these little old books like this right here. I got subjects in them where I've wrote things God's given me and put them in there. And uh, one of these days, they don't mean nothing right now, but one of these days, maybe that'll be somebody to take them and look at that and say, hey, this is his notes by the, uh, I didn't think nothing about that, but Spurgeon had letters. You remember that, Brother Burrow? He had letters. And uh, they wasn't much uh, account till he died. And when he died, everybody wanted his letters. We wrote by hand because it's when, when you're doing that, God is speaking. And uh, nobody, when I'm sitting doing these things in these little books, I'm not looking to get any credit off of that. I'm doing that for, for me to remember when I preach. Amen. Amen. And I can look at, sometimes I wrote, write them and I look at them and I say, I didn't even know I knew that. If it's sometime way back yonder, and I, I look at it and find I preached it, and I say, well, I just learned it over again when I read it again. All right, take your Bible tonight and go into the book of Matthew. We're going to turn to chapter 24. I was on this, not this portion of Scripture, but I was on some of it uh, in a partial way the other day. And we'll end up what I'm doing tonight that will actually uh, end up at the start of yesterday's uh, lesson and study. And I pray that God will help you. And I noticed today, you checked it, we got that on the line last night. And we've had 147, I believe, 147 listens. We had 11 down here yesterday. But we've had 147 around the world since yesterday afternoon. And so I praise God for that. But the reason I mention that is because we've been working on trying to get 100,000 outgoing. And we've been there for a while and looked at it this afternoon and we've done got over 100,000 that we preached to on Sermon Audio, not, not YouTube, but Sermon Audio in the length of time that we've been on there. So we've done reached to some degree, whether they listened to all of it or not, I don't know. But we've done reached as far as people taking it off the web, listening to it, over a hundred thousand souls. That almost me, because I was just a little barefoot, uh, bashful boy, raised up in the apple orchard, scared to death to give a book report. I was so bashful, and now uh, I'm still bashful. But not as much. Amen. All right. I didn't think you'd believe that. But let's stand. And let's read tonight out of the book of Matthew chapter 24. And we're going to read verse number 27. And we're going to talk about something I believe tonight that we ought to be more excited about. I'm going to kind of give you the idea why it's not as exciting anymore. John on the Isle of Patmos was sitting there. So all the stuff that happened from Revelation 1 to Revelation 22, and, and at the end, the Bible said, the Spirit and the bride say, come. And John said, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And I don't hear that much anymore. People's not saying, come on, Lord, unless they're in trouble. But there used to be a time, and Brother Burrell's standing here, and I believe he'll agree with me, that there was a time when people were more excited about the coming uh, for the saints. Amen. And uh, 
We're not, not, not going to call it a rapture tonight uh, because I, I say that and people look at me and said the word rapture is not in the Bible. So I'm just going to quit preaching that. And so I'll just, and I don't understand it. You look rapture up and it says a snatching out or calling out. And we're not changing the meaning. But that's just the terminology. And out in the world and in the church, church ain't no different. You say, well, I'm ready for the rapture. And they'll say, that rapture is not mentioned in the Bible. And I say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. And so now when I'm preaching on rapture, I'm going to say a calling out or a snatching out. Or when the Lord comes for the saints. Uh, when I say he's coming for the saints, that's what it is. It's the rapture. But I'm saying now, I'm not going to mention that. This is politically correct territory. And if you don't get it right, matter of fact, I'm going to quit saying, try my best to correct another little statement. I say, amen. Well, I say that a lot. Another one comes along and says, Amen. And another one comes along and says, Amen. And I heard one yesterday preaching, and he said, Amen. Amen. So every time I see it in the Bible, it's Amen. Right. And before anybody says anything, that's the Bible. So I'm going to try to correct myself and say, Amen. Amen. I may get out of that and I may miss it once and I'll say sometimes, Amen, Amen. But I don't say Amen. I'm too vocal and too plain spoken to say Amen. I think that's for the liberals. I'm not a liberal. And Amen is just worse. I guess that must be a first class liberal. Amen. Now that's Dealsology. I don't have no Bible on that. But I do on the Amen. Got it? Verse 27, he says in chapter 24 of Matthew, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now this is not the coming for the saints. This is the coming Amen, at the wind-up of it. Which we call the revelation. Now that's a Bible term, but it's a coming with the saints, if you will. Verse number 28 is, For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. That's not going to happen at the coming for the saints. This is going to be at the end of the tribulation and at the end when the Lord comes to take control at the battle of Armageddon. Verse 29, immediately after, notice this, this tells you, immediately after the tribulation of those days. This is not going to take place till after the tribulation. I'm preaching on this tonight because people are so confused about the coming of the Lord. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light 
and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. In 1 Corinthians and in uh, Thessalonians, the two places it's talking about when he comes for the saints, you don't find none of that. This is at the wind-up is where you find it. It says in verse number 30, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now when he comes back for the saints, he's coming to get the saints, but he's not coming with great power and glory. That won't be till the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. Who are the elect? According to some people, the elect are the church, but that's not the ones. Uh, These people preach election predestination, and they've got all messed up with the folks down through the years and all that. But the elect in the Word of God is always related and backed up as being the Jewish nation. They're his elect. Somebody said, well, don't, don't you believe we are elected? Well, the Bible says so. But this is two different things. And then it goes on and says in verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall what? Gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This is the wind-up. All right. And then we'll talk about some of the other here maybe tonight. I won't have time. You you can be seated and let me pray, and then we'll get into this. You listen fast. I'll try to preach fast tonight. And uh, you may not get all this, but I'm going to try to stay with what I got here and to get in more. I want you to have more. I I don't know how to make you retain it or help you to retain it. But I can always give this back to you. All right. Father, I pray as we pray tonight that you'll touch our hearts. Give, them wisdom, give us wisdom and understanding. Lord, give us most of all the Holy Ghost of God that will speak through us and touch our tongue. Lord, will touch our mind. That you'll revelate our heart tonight with the power of the Word. I pray, Father, we'll preach the right a truth tonight from the Word. May we rightly divide the truth. And Lord, not just play around with the Word of God. May we tonight say it's been good, learn something from coming to the house of the Lord. We realize tonight what we're p- fixing to preach is yet future in some senses, in a lot of senses. Some things have already happened and others are going to happen. Lord, we know tonight that the Word of God is real, it's true, and it will be fulfilled to the T. And Lord, it won't, it won't don't make no difference whether we believe it or not. It's going to take place. Lord, we can't stop it or can't help it. And I pray tonight, God, that you give us divine wisdom from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now I want to talk about this tonight. I say, and I always preach this, that when the Lord comes for his saints, that will be the hope of the Christian and the hope of the church. In other words, we're called out of here. That's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the wind-up. I'm not looking for the revelation. I'm not looking for all. I'm going to be then part of that when I come back with the Lord. 
But I'm telling you, we're going to go up at the rapture when the trumpet sounds. And I'm not going to deal too much with that tonight. Now, that's the hope of the church. And the hope of the Jew tonight, he's looking too for something. And he's looking for the Messiah to come. He's already come, but they didn't receive him. They rejected him. So he's on the sideline. He's in darkness. He's blinded, according to the Word of God, in part. God will take care of that. It'll be a nation born in a day. You've heard that phrase before, and I don't have time to deal with it. I'm going to deal with that subject sometime down the road. And uh, it all comes to, uh, to a head and comes out, and I appreciate it. But the world has a hope. And the hope of the world is different than what they're thinking about tonight. Right now, the world's hope is environmentalism right now at the present time. There's been other things before then. And uh, we don't hear so many of our saints of God in the church saying, praise God, looking for the Lord. I'm looking for the Lord. Brother Burl, I've been in preaching for 50-something. You've been in what, how many years? About 70. You've got a, a few years on me. But when you first started, uh, you probably seen this. I did. Uh, that in about every revival we had across America, maybe one night, the evangelist would preach on the rapture. He'd call it the rapture. Didn't they? They'd leave it. And that was because they tried to get the hope to the people. Our church don't have hope. Like they need to have the hope tonight. They're looking for everything else under the sun. I'm going to tell you why they're doing that. We're going to deal with that tonight. I pray that God will help you with it. And there's people tonight that are not interested in our churches in the coming of the Lord. They're not interested in it. You preach on it, they soul up, they die up, they dry up. And they're not excited. I don't want to hear that. I've heard that all my life, and they, I'm going to talk about that. There's reasons tonight it's going on. But see, I'm still excited. I've been preaching 50-something years, and I get up in the morning and say, the Lord ain't come, but He's still coming. Just because He ain't come for 50-something years in my life, that don't change my mind. I still preach it here. Do or not? Yeah, you preach it too much. That's okay. When you ever get hung in on it and it gets hung in on you, you'll say, preacher, keep preaching it. But you must not be ready to go. A little girl came here one night, one Sunday, a little teenage girl, and she was standing in the back and I said, and I preached on the second coming, and I said to her, wouldn't it be good for the Lord to come today? And she changed colors. And she said this to me right back there. She said, well, I don't want him to come now. I've got too much living to do. Now, I hope there's nobody in this building has got so much living that you wouldn't want to stop and go to heaven. Amen. We've lost sight of where we are. But if you preach tonight on this, it'll be not something that liked or not loved. There'll be some critics and I want to tell you, it's because those who don't look for it, they're not interested in it. You've got too much hope somewhere else. When I look at how ungodly and wicked this world is, I don't want to be here much longer. 
I'm saying, Lord, come quickly. Either straighten it out, Lord, or come quickly. And it's not time for him to straighten it out yet. He will straighten it out. Either that, they've lost hope in it. They don't believe it. Uh, they're still lost in their sin, claiming to be saved. And I believe what we're trying to do is populate our churches with worldly people. And we've got our minds off of trying to win souls and get them in. Or they're putting their hope in the world or in their possessions. You don't have to just put it in the world itself. You can have it in possessions. I'll hear multitudes even in our churches tonight that are talking about the environment. That shouldn't be anything on your mind. The sun's going to shine. The God says quit shining. The moon's going to come up every night and go down every morning. And it's going to be doing that until God says that's enough. And we just keep going with it. Weather changes, global changes, global warming, um, climate changes, electric cars to save it. And I heard a fellow the other night say, we got to be good to Mother Earth. And you're going to continue to hear, you know why? Because that's what the world has to say tonight. The hope in the world is not in Christ. How long has it been since you heard a politician get up and said, if I run for president or if I run for governor or if I run for senate or if I run for the house, when I get elected, we're going to take the Bible as the central figure and set it right by the side of the Constitution and we're going to run the world by the Word of God. He got up. You know how long he'd go? You turn him off right then. You can count on him losing. Because the world does not want that. Now let's go a little further. Uh, what they do talk about today is they're concerned, if they are talking about the second coming of the Lord, they're talking about the mark of the beast. They're talking about the, the beast and the false prophet. They're talking about the antichrist instead of looking for the Christ. They're looking at those things, and, uh, and that's what saved people sometimes are involved in. If any of you are concerned about the Antichrist, stop it. I want Jesus. I don't want a ruler of the world. I want Christ to rule it. And it's going to happen. So we're going to look at that tonight. I pray that God might help you. I want you to know tonight it appears that the Democrats hold more to the liberal view than the Republicans do. And that ain't, no, ain't saying a whole lot, is it? And uh, neither one of them holds to a, a correct view of the coming of the Lord. They don't. There are a lot of Democrats tonight and a lot of Republicans that do not even hold to the coming of the Lord. They'll quote a few verses and they're quoting it out of context many times they used a lot of scripture. I was in a, in a court case one time. I was trying a man for murder right over here in Habersham County. I was 10 days on, on the jury. And uh, the lawyer, if I called his name, you'd know him. The lawyer quoted more scripture than most Sunday school teachers and preachers would even quote. Or would even know. And that man was as guilty as he could be, but he got him off. You understand what I'm saying? He had to get it off on a 
insanity charge. But he got him off. Now I want to say to you tonight, there's a lot of unbelievers tonight. And as they go to the church house, and some of them do, they don't even believe in the Lord's coming. They're at the place where they know what the Bible says, but they're not looking or living like they think He would come. Most of the people in the church who claim to be saved don't live like they think He's coming tomorrow. They believe He's coming down the road somewhere, but we're not nowhere near that. And you know what the Bible said? Let me see if I can give you some scripture right quick. Uh, let me turn over and see if I can find it in the book of Timothy. Paul, the Bible said, and I'm, I know I'm going to Corinthians, I just can't seem to find it right quick, but we're going, uh, not Corinthians, but Timothy. And let's look in Timothy for something. I want to show you a scripture that uh, is, is very good. Paul is in, it's in the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy, I think. And what he's saying there is he's in prison and he's looking for the Lord to come and he's telling us something about it. He said in verse number 7 of chapter 4, 2 Timothy, I have fought a good fight. Does anybody in here disagree with that? Do you think he fought a good fight? I know he did. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. In our modern day, Paul, you'd, you'd be bragging on yourself. But you know, I know when I'm in a battle and I know when I lose one. I also know when I win one. I know when I've given it a good fight and I know when I ain't given it a good fight. So don't be reading in between the lines. Henceforth, Paul said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He's in a jailhouse. His head's fixing to roll off the chop, chop block. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. That's not the wind up. That's not the revelation. And not, on, and not to me only, but unto all, unto all them that love his appearing. Now God's teaching us in the word of God that we ought to love his appearing. We ought to be looking for his appearing. And if we're loving and looking for his appearing, we're going to have that on our minds. Have I got out of the book yet? We'll stay in the Word. Amen. All right. Now let's go back and look at something here. And mostly people don't look for it. Even church folks. I hadn't heard a person, maybe one person this week saying, I appreciate and hope the Lord will come today. Now last week I had two or three tell me. I don't know where I'll have anybody this week or not. Some of you probably won't think, how long has it been since you thought about Him coming? You understand? That ought to be something on the mind of every day. You know what you do? There's one day every week that you're looking for that's working on a job. And some of you that ain't got a job and you're on Social Security, you're all looking for that one day a month. And that's an exciting time, isn't it? You old timers, I'm one of them. You watch the calendar for the government to send your check. Amen. Don't tell me you don't. Uh, all you men that work on jobs, you look for one day, it's a payday. Now we ought to be looking for the coming of the Lord much more than we are a payday. Amen. Amen. 
So here's what's happened. Today, if you're looking for him to come at any moment, uh, I'll tell you what. You look at this thing and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you some things. They'll even deny today that Christ is the Savior of sinners. That's what the world says. They deny the fact that he's the Savior of sinners. They deny the fact tonight that Christ is a visible Savior that will come. Now, don't die on me. We was going pretty good there for a minute. And the third thing is they scoff and they walk after their own lust. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, call them scoffers. You know what they say? I've been told that all my life, and he ain't coming. Well, I don't believe he's a coming. Christian people, so-called, will even do that. I I told a fellow, I preached to him, he was one of my members uh, several years ago and on the phone, I said, something the Lord's going to come any day now, we won't need that. He said, why the Lord may be a hundred years before he gets here. I said, brother, I taught you better than that. He can come any time. Well, he ain't, but he can. And I look for him any time. All right? And then they question the second coming and they even laugh at it if you teach it. They'll laugh at you for saying it. Hey, we we are an odd crowd that believe God. Most today who talk about the coming, uh, they will not even talk about it, much less get excited when somebody else does. Amen. It's something way back in their mind. It's just a possibility that have. So let's talk about the church for a moment. Most in the church who say they're saved seldom ever mention the Lord's coming for the saints very soon. They very seldom ever talk about it. But they are excited people. Here's the things they're excited about. Politics, elections, vacations, new cars, new homes, ball games, quarterbacks, Coaches, roaches, Super Bowls, World Series, birthdays, Christmas, Santa Claus. I'll give you some more in a minute. I just wanted to say something. I uh, just want to throw this in. I was at a, a birthday party of my 18-year-old granddaughter last night. I got four grandchildren. And we had an 18th birthday party for her last night. And I was eating at the table. I was one of the grandparents. And the other two were sitting across the table from me. And they had the television on. Their boss, what is it? Football people. I don't play enough of it and get interested enough of it to even know what it is. But I'm sitting there trying to eat. And I'm talking to the grandpa on the other side of the table from me. And that ball game was going and I'm a talking. I just, you know, I'm just talking. I'm talking about the things of the Lord and, you know, just things that I know would not make them mad right then because I didn't want to get sick eating. I wanted to wait till I got through. 
And all of a sudden, while I'm a sitting there talking, he got extraordinarily silent in there, and they got their eyes all glued to the screen. And they said, look, 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 look. And they're all going, I thought, what? Is this is Jesus coming? <laughs> and it's fixing to make a score. George and somebody, and I don't even care. Don't tell, don't tell me when I go out the door who it was. I don't care. And uh, they was talking, look, look, did you see that? Did you see that? I didn't see it because I didn't turn around to look at it. And uh, so it got silent. And I was, if there's anything that bothers me is when I'm trying to talk to somebody, they just get their mind on something else and pay me no attention. I put up with that for 50 years, brother. Huh? Ain't I? You have too, ain't you, brother? You can tell when they hear it. Well, I, I kind of got off of that and nobody said, well, you want to finish what you're saying? Because what I was saying wasn't important no more. That ball game was. I went in last week to McDonald's and McDonald's, I guess, is more decorated for Christmas than I've ever seen. They got it all decorated. They went out worldwide nearly. I went in and got me a cup of coffee I looked over there, and there was a reindeer that's supposed to fly. He didn't have no wings, but he could fly, I guess. I looked over beside, that was a Christmas tree, and over here was what they call Santa Claus. And I looked over there, and I said, uh, when, when did you get Nebuchadnezzar in here? She said, what? I said, he's in a red suit standing there. I said, it's got to be Nebuchadnezzar. Because look how skinny he is. And he's in a restaurant. He's starving to death. I walked off and that girl was going. I didn't tell her who I was. Went back out. I'm sure she knows I'm a crackpot or something. And that's where people's name. It ain't going to be long that they're going to get excited about Easter. Because Peter Cottontail is going to come to town with the Easter eggs. We just had Thanksgiving that every year they start giving thanks and eating turkey. Turkey, turkey. I heard somebody say last week, I've had so much turkey, I'm telling you, I just think I'm going to turn into one. I didn't say a thing off of that. Hit me. I didn't. It ain't going to be long. We're going to have 4th of July and it's going to be firecracker time. Then we'll have Halloween and the devils are going to come out and the witches going to come out and we're going to be trick-or-treating and trunk-or-treating. We're going to have all this going on with cookouts. People are not looking for the Lord. They're looking for something else. The world talks against us. If we preach for the second coming of the Lord... They're going to talk against the church that teaches it. They're going to talk against the Christ that we possess. They're going to talk about the Bible that we preach from, especially if it's King James. They're going to talk about the Christians. Christians don't have a high platform in this world. They call us, uh, what is it? Well, that's one thing. Give me another. Now, quick, I'm thinking about, Huh? I got that here too. But I'm saying, they, they, they say we're the problem. 
Yep, I'll give you that in a little bit. The preachers are despised. The preaching of the Word of God is not accepted. Righteousness is not valued. Godliness is not desired. Holiness, right living, and living godly is not appropriate. They'll talk about us for dedication unto God. They'll talk about us for the word sanctification, being set apart for Jesus. They'll talk about us because we're consecrated. They don't like that. They'll talk about us because we're faithful to God in His Word. They'll talk about us because we're fundamental. They say we are fundamental. Then the church talks about the same things. I'll come back to some of this other in just a minute. If you listen to that and exalt the Lord Jesus and decide you're going to take a stand, you know, I'd be surprised if they walked in here with a set of guns and a bunch of police officers and they said, all right, we're going to haul your pastor to jail. And if there's anybody in here agrees like him, you're going to. And I wonder about midnight if I could even find your number and they give me a chance, how many of you would come to my rescue? That's where we're living today, saints. They talk the same way the world does, except tonight, uh, you know, they don't like what would have to be done. Those that stand up are those that would be despised and avoided. They'd be the ones that be talked about severely. They'd be the ones that's classified as not holy and not right. They'd be called sticks in the mud. They'd be called killjoys. They'd be called off on a tangent. They'd be called an oddball, a holier than thou, a holy roller, frowned at. They'd be off on a deep limb. And many of them would be afraid of us because of what we speak. Can you deny what I'm saying? Our hope is not to Democrats. Our hope is not to Republicans. It's not to conservatives. It's not the liberals. But it's Jesus Christ to come from glory. You said, when is he coming? I don't know. But this one thing I can say. Right on time. Amen. Amen. And then when he does come for the saints, we will have the same sight, spiritually speaking, We'll have the same race. There won't be races in glory. We'll eat the same thing. We'll dress the same way. We'll talk the same way. We'll walk the same way. Preachers will be amazed. That'll make me shout all over heaven for ages. That fell over like that. uh, What? (laughs) Boop. Medicine ball. We'll have there be no difference between male and female. That'll disturb some of you ladies. There ain't no difference, I mean, in a society today, but there's a big difference from the Bible. There'll be the same color, the same body. There'll be no age difference between the young or the old. That's going to excite me. Now I see the young fellas and young ladies 
walking out. I couldn't, shouldn't call them ladies. They'll walk out of some place of business with an old lady or an old man trying to get in out the door and they'll almost push them over because they think they own the place. When I was a young boy, they taught me to respect people. We'll have the same dwelling. We won't be rich and some others poor. We'll have the same job. What's the job in heaven? Worshiping the Lord God. Waving our hands and shouting it out. During the millennium, the job is going to be praising Him too as well for our redemption. And we'll do it in every town, every city, every country. And he'll all be ruled by the Lord Jesus and the, the 12 tribes of Israel is going to be in joint leadership directing the people of God. And the kings and priests is going to be the church, by the way. Am I right? Ain't that right, brother? Yes, sir. Amen. And what we'll do, and I've said I hope that God gives me Hollywood, not California. Amen. Because it's going to be a blessed thing. You said that ain't there. Read your Bible. We're not going to be having children like the Israelites are going to have and being given birth to kids. That's why the devil's going to have to be brought out again and released for a little season so he can tempt them so they'll make their choice for Christ. But what he's going to do is while you're having that, amen, us old boys and that's been preaching the word of God and saying we're going to say nope can't do that and we'll have the authority. What I've been preaching for ages to church folks that hadn't listened to me, they'll listen to me then. Amen. Somebody say, well, you know what I want to say to you. I got the Bible. I'm not out of the book. Amen. Brother Burr, you've taught the book of Revelation lots of times, haven't you? Yes, sir. Amen. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm right with you. <laughs> I know you are. Any man that loves the Word of God and studies the Word of God will come up with the same answers. Amen. And one of these days there will only be one nation, one kingdom, one king, no devil, hallelujah, no world or no other world domination, but it's not going to even be a democracy, not even a dictator, but it's going to be a divine, holy monarch that God, that God through His Son, is going to put in charge, be His Son. There will be, thank God, no enemies, no sickness, no pain, no heartache, no heartbreak. It will be a perfect, environment that I've never seen. The world is trying to produce and procure that today, but they'll fail. The one world system is not going to solve it. I read the other day that they're trying to make so many vaccinations and build so many shots that they can make sure that we'll none of us have any more diseases. There's not but one that can do that. And he won't have to use a shot. They talk about a perfect utopia. 
And it's coming. Amen, they say. But I say it won't happen until Jesus comes. Now, saved people ought to be excited about what I'm preaching about tonight. They ought to be excited about it all. But you know what's happened? And I'll tell you why people are not looking for it now. I mentioned this the other day a little. They put out a book one day called The Late Great Planet Earth. I think you remember me mentioning it maybe. Put out by Hal Lindsey. And, the, and they, he claimed that the date for Christ's coming would be 1973. It didn't happen. Thousands and thousands of Christians believed him. They bought the book and then it didn't happen. Then we had a, a rapture date given in, 18, in 1982 and 1983 and preachers preached it and Christians bought into it and uh, it didn't happen. Again, in 1987, uh, the, it, it was preached that he's coming in 87, he didn't. In 1988, a fellow wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming. In 1988, he sold Many, many books made a lot of money and based on 40 years, a generation. That's why this morning I said a generation is not a particular number. I said this morning I went through 40, uh, I went through four generations. I've gone through almost, I hadn't gone through them yet, but I'm in the fourth generation. I'm 75 years old. Oh, no, I ain't. I'm 75 years young. Excuse me. I want to preach it right. Amen. <laughs> and so, the little, little one's two, one. I've got one that's one, one that's two. And I'm four generations in that. If I live to be a hundred, that's going to make the generation longer, is it not? I won't live to be a hundred. I've been pastoring too long. Somebody asked me the other day, said, you're getting old, preacher. I said, I am. And said, you're getting bald-headed more and more. And I said, yeah, two things. I raise kids and pastor churches, and that'll get a bit of your hair. <laughs> Amen, if you take it to heart. Somebody said, you're just up there trying to make a racket. and No, I'm not. I'm trying to inform you. So in 1988, it didn't happen. So the same guy wrote another book called 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Going to Come in 89. Sold books to the same people. It's amazing how people swallow things hook, line, and sinker. I can preach something right here in this pulpit, and you go home, pull out your little phone, and read it, and it, Dr. Bottle's stopper on the back side of the globe over yonder has taken some different version Bible and got his own idea about what is going to take place, and he'll tell you that we're fixing to have the Antichrist. We're not having the Antichrist till the church gets out of here. You can brag about him all you want to. Well, in 89, it didn't happen. So then people got the place, we're not going to take any of these date setters no more. And date setters have been going on for then. Amen. The 144,000 got here. Amen. They said the Lord doesn't come. And, uh, you know, they, they, he, they, they teach it. He's already come. It's 144 plus. So some of them's not in there good. If their doctrine's right. It ain't. All right, then they 
tell you all this. He didn't come in any of them times. And what we know, somebody said, well, we got times and seasons and we know the days and the years. Well, I want to show you, you don't. Let me tell you today, you don't know when Jesus is coming. Right, let me just point it to you. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Back up where we were. In Matthew chapter 24, I want to read in verse 26. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. So he's not there. And nobody knows. Then they look at these things and say, yeah, but we can know. We, we don't know the day nor the hour, but we can know the times and the seasons. And they turn to Acts chapter 1. Would you go there? So we, we know the times and the seasons. It's kind of like what these people say, in the last days there's not going to be no difference in the seasons. Have you ever heard that? I read out of the book of Genesis where the Lord said from... From this day forth, we're going to have, there's going to be seasons and times. Don't ever think, you might have a mild winter, you might have a mild summer. You might have a hot summer, you might have a cold and a hot winter sometimes. But as long as you live on this earth, there will be a summer, a winter, a, a fall, a, a winter, and a spring. I got Bible on that. Well, we look at what chapter, uh, in Acts chapter 1. Go and let's read these verses and put them together. I'm going to have to quit, but Lord have mercy, I sure like to preach for about another hour. But look here. In uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible said, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of is to Israel? That's what... The Jews are looking for. That's why they did not receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I think I taught a little bit on this yesterday why Peter, James, and John and the other disciples were not at the foot of the cross when Christ died. Why they weren't at the resurrection on the, the morning that Christ rose. He done told them he was going to rise. He done told them he was going to die. And he done told them and they was looking for him to come in uh, thrust a, a sword through the heart of old Herod and Pilate, run them out of town or kill them, and then take over the throne. That's what they were looking for. But he said, I'm not doing that right yet. He said, I'm coming to die for you. I'll give you the sign of Jonas. And he also said, I'll give you another one. I'll give you the sign of Solomon. Solomon sat down and talked to the Gentiles and give them wisdom. And he's a type of Jesus. He said, and he says, Jonas is here. And Solomon is here. And he's going to teach them his ways in the wind up at the millennium. So they're saying now, is it time now for us to restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you. To know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put it in His own power. Now let me tell you this. We don't know the day. You don't know the day. I don't know the day. 
We don't know the times. None of us in here knows the times. Man doesn't know the times and the days. And the Bible says that angels in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. Let's go back and read that. Chapter 24 and verse 26. Now 36. He says down there in chapter 24 and verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels, but my Father only. So that means Jesus don't know. That means the angels don't know. That means you don't know. That means I don't know. There's not but one that knows, and it is the Father. He's the only one that knows. You go home, pull out your little happy phone, and go on there and search YouTube, and they may tell you something, but they're wrong. Go in there and pull out your phone and get on Twitter and see if Twitter can tell you. Get on your phone and find out if Facebook and everybody trust can tell you. And I can tell you now you won't find it there. The devil don't know. If the only one, and you said, but I believe somebody knows then they've got to be a higher power than God Almighty. I just get tired of people taking for granted things that's not there. Only the Father knows. You can't find out on the web. You can't find out in the commentaries. You certainly can't ask one preacher because he don't know. Amen. You can't check the Hebrew... You can't check the Greek. <laughs> Brother, all these preachers got all this Greek and Hebrew. And actually, it's just Greek and Hebrew. I, somebody said, in the Greek it says, and I say, what Greek are you listening to or watching? And what, which one are you searching? Preacher, I look at the original manuscripts. Would you show me where they are? Don't, don't dangle the Greek and Hebrew pendulum in front of me and try to hypnotize me with that. Amen. I'll just stick with the Bible. It's the only thing that's ever stayed with me. It's the only thing that wants to stay with me. It's the only thing I want to stay with me too. Now, we're watching this and saying we're looking for Jesus. We need to stay in the Bible. Amen. I don't even want to watch the news. Can't trust it. Amen. I'm not looking for turkey and dressing and a crystal ball. I'm not setting up for gifts and feastings and New Year's days and bowl games and all that stuff. I'm just trying to take my Bible. Amen. Well, kind of feel like you've had enough. Maybe a little too much. But I do believe what I preach tonight. Amen, I do too. What they're trying to do is get this world so good and they think, actually, I want to tell you something. You can, you can fuss at the Democrats and you can fuss at the Republicans. Neither one of them is 
going to be able to do anything that I preached on tonight. They can't do it. We're going to have a perfect society one of these days, but it's not going to be man that does it. I will give you this little thought. Do you remember in the book of Genesis, there's a whole lot, matter of fact, I got to that part, but I'm just going to give you enough to, I guess, whet your appetite. I hope it makes you go home and study. Some of you go home and throw your Bible down and not pick it up for two or three days because you've got more than you want. But I will tell you this. God had the garden. I even had a, I listened to the radio, was it yesterday, yes, morning, yes, Saturday morning. Uh, not ain't B, but it's some other woman on the radio. You know how they work to kids and they're asking questions? And they got to talking about Cain and Abel. And they said, uh, Cain killed his brother. I said, and, they, and she said, uh, you know, talked about that and they had it wrong. She had it wrong. And because uh, um, she didn't figure Satan in, he's in there. But in the garden, God said, don't eat of uh, that tree right over there, tree of knowledge of good and evil. You need of every tree but that one tree. The day you eat it, you're going to die. Satan come and convinced Eve that that wasn't so. Put question around the Word of God. That's what the devil does. And so God cast them out of the garden. And if you'll read it, and you'll have to go read this tonight. If you'll go down there and read, I could turn to it and read it for you. But down there when the curse come on all the earth... There was a curse on the earth. There was a curse to Satan. He's going to be on his belly for the rest of his days. He told woman she'd have children by pain. And Adam would have to raise his family, not by the sweat of his brow, but by the sweat of his face. You see what this is? My brow's wet, my face is wet. That means you got to work. God's never promised in the Bible that the government's going to step in. Amen. So what's happened there, and I want you listening. God cast them out, and the devil took over the rulership. I didn't get time. I was wanting to go over and talk about the temptation. And the devil told Jesus this. If you will fall down to me, I'll give you the kingdom's of this world. And in the book of Luke it says. They're given me. That's what Satan says. Yeah. Satan said they're given me. And Jesus didn't say. No they're not. That's right. You're right. And I know Jesus would have said. No you don't own them. Right. But he'd been, he'd been allowed to have that domination. Yeah. And one of these days. The Lord's going to come back. And he's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives and he's going to get them all together. I'm not going to go into the details of that. I'll be here another hour. But I'm going to tell you this. He's going to look at Satan and said, that's it. And when he casts him in to the bottomless pit for a thousand years, he's taken that all away from him except he's going to come back out and then he's going to 
really get rid of him once and forever. Hey. Oh, and the devil won't be back. Hey. We'll have a reign on this earth without a devil. And notice this, he didn't say, I'm going to give the kingdom to the Jews. I'm going to take the kingdom. Because God is not going to allow what happened in Genesis to happen again. I've heard people say, do you think man will stay with it next time? God ain't going to put a woman or a man either one in the authority. You said, well, woman done it. It took both. The devil knew that the woman was a weaker vessel. He had more power over her than he did over Adam. And it was because of Eve that Adam took the fruit. I ain't got time to preach that tonight. So one of these days he's going to be king of kings and lord of lords on this earth. And everybody will bow to him. And those who have rejected him for so long... He's going to trample them under His feet. You say, oh, God's coming back. He's such a sweet Jesus. He's coming back with great power and glory. Amen. Amen. What's happened? i got to give one more thing. This is one of them hardens to quit. What happened? Peter and James and John, they were not there at the crucifixion. You would have thought, since he told him he was going to be buried, rise again on the third day, and they thought he was talking about destroying the temple. He's what he's talked about. It was a temple Herod took 46 years to build. So Peter and John and James and all those were right there when he told them that. I'll give you that sometime or another in the days ahead. And then what happened is Jesus said, all right, that's it. Then he started the parables. That's why the parables are in Matthew. Because they rejected him. And from that day forth, he gave them parables, which are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Something that you can say, it pertains to it, it applies to it. Preachers preach them wrong. They said that's where the gospel has got so real and so great that the gospel is going to take over the world. Would you tell me tonight when that happened? What country can you name tonight that's a Christian country? America. Where you been? It was established on biblical principles, but they don't live by biblical principles anymore. Even the church don't. I think I'll get out of here. I'm going to slip out the back. (laughs) But what happens when they come to the time they weren't there at that? They weren't there. You know why they weren't there? They turned their back on Christ. The Jews, even Peter, James, and John. You know where Peter was when Christ is being crucified? Down there in the street corner somewhere saying, I know not to man, and with an oath and a curse. Why weren't they down there? He's going to rise. This is the morning he's supposed to rise. Why didn't they get up early and go down to the tomb? Because they didn't expect him to rise. He turned them off. 
Why did Peter sit in the boat after the resurrection and say, what? I think I'll go fishing. I don't know what in the world to do now anymore. Why didn't they know? They didn't listen. They weren't into it. And I preach He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And people in America is not into it. That's why He said in a moment and a twinkling of an eye and He tells us over there and He talks about it. It's going to be a thing. That's why it's not going to be a war. I mean a thing that everybody is going to know. It's only going to be to those who are saved. And it's going to catch those who are saved that's not looking for Him off guard. He, you said, maybe He'll tell us before He comes. He's doing it! I'm doing it tonight! Get ready. Heads bowed. Come to the piano, Miss Bonnie. I believe we'll give an invitation on that tonight. Amen. Somebody said, I just don't believe all that stuff. Well, you've got a right to do that. You've got a right to be wrong. God's not going to make you believe it. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get disturbed if he don't come. <laughs> I'm looking for him. Amen. Amen. You said one of these days uh, you'll still be a preaching that. Yes, if I'm here. Amen. Let's stand tonight. What's the number? 370 in the blue book, please. How about it? Are you ready? Are you looking for him? Does this concern you? He's coming. He's coming. I don't know when, but he's coming. He's only coming for the redeemed. He's only coming for those who are washed in the blood. He's only coming for those who have repented. He's only coming for those who know Him. Not tonight. Sing one more verse of that. We'll go home. <laughs>